We're going to be going to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be reading some scripture tonight. I pray this is going to move us to faith. I pray that this is going to really encourage us. I pray that we're going to see all that God has done for us and all that he wants to receive from us. And I pray that we'll actually be jealous for the glory of God. You know, if you're jealous for something, let's say you have children, you're jealous to keep them from bad influences. You don't just kind of let things happen around them. You, you run in because you're jealous for them. Or maybe a spouse, right? You're jealous for their affection. You guard over it. You watch over it. You want it more than anything. And I pray that we will be jealous for the glory of God. So, book of Ephesians. Does anyone who know who wrote the book of Ephesians? Amen. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So Paul spent more time at Ephesus than any other place that we know of in the New Testament when he was planning the church. He was there for a minimum of two two years and three months. Minimum. Which is amazing because in one place he stayed less than like two or three months and he left. I mean, his missionary methods and things he did, all I have to say is he was unique. He had a unique calling and unique anointing, but he spent a long time in this city. It was a very important city and the Roman Empire there, uh, metropolitan area, very multi-ethnic, and he did a wonderful, wonderful work there. He preached to the Jewish people in the synagogues, and he caused the synagogue division, and then he brought the Jewish people out who believed on Jesus as Messiah, and he preached to the Gentiles, and people came out of paganism, and they came together, and then he gathered them together in a school, and he began to teach them every single day, and he even caused riots while he was there, because the preaching of the gospel disrupted idol worship. So much so that the people who are making their money, as Felix and others have brought out, they were losing so much money that they started a ruckus, gathered everything together, and had Paul gone into that riot to speak, probably would have been killed. But he was spared by the Lord. And because of his preaching, the entire region all around heard about him. You know, what's really cool is that he went to all the cities the big cities. Because what happens at the big cities? You're a farmer, you're tilling your ground, you have your, your vegetables or whatever, and you're going to come into the city and you're going to sell them. And all of a sudden you begin to hear this message about this Jesus who's raised from the dead. And then you go back out and, and maybe you get saved and you begin to you go back out to your village. It's just absolutely wonderful. The message from there went out into all of that region. It is just so exciting. And does anyone know the last time we hear about the book of, about the people of Ephesus in the Bible. Revelation, right? They became a people who eventually, they had forgotten their first love. They forgot their first love, and Jesus wanted to bring in correction to them. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 here. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Blessed us where? In Christ. He's blessed us in Christ. Yes, absolutely in the heavenlies. All of our blessings are in Christ. With every spiritual blessing. How many spiritual blessings? Everyone. So how many spiritual blessings do we have? All of them. Every single one of them. 
not just for a super apostle, a person with a TV ministry. Who has all spiritual blessings? Amen. Me. That's right. Take ownership. I have all spiritual blessings. Where? In Christ. That's right. And where are those guarded away for us at? Where are they at? In the heavenly places. This is so exciting. You know, some people treat blessings as kind of like a vending machine with God. I'm going to take my coin of faith. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to say, I need a man. I'm speaking as if I'm a lady right here. I need a woman. And I want her to look like this and that. And I'm going to put my coins of faith. Man, it's stuck. It's stuck. It's not coming out until I'm shaking it. Shakes it, you know. As if we're going to somehow dispense from God to meet our own lusts and desires. As if he is there to serve us. As if that is what blessings means. You know, in our culture and in our world, there's a battle for words. A battle for what words mean. Love wins. What does that mean now? Love wins means like LGBTQ movement, right? So the idea of love has been hijacked by the culture. Well, so has the word blessing been hijacked by bad, bad, bad preaching about what blessings really are. All of our blessings are in a person. They are himself. Christ himself is our blessing in the heavenly places. Guarded away. He provides us our needs. We have needs of food, clothing, shelter. If you run over a big metal pipe in the middle of the night like Henry did, he provides you a vehicle right on time. He gives us everything that we need, and it's all in him, all in him. It's a wonderful thing. I had a bad encounter with the word blessings, or maybe it was a funny encounter. Um, if any of you know who Jim Cimbala is, anybody, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, Fresh Faith, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, all the freshes. Um, well, I got to meet him in 2015. I was so excited. It was before the first message. He was going to preach at this leaders conference. I took off two days of work to go to it. It was in downtown Baton Rouge. Oh, I was so excited. And, um, I see him over there and he's right next to someone who's an associate at the time. And I, I, I just run up to him and I say, Oh, Oh, brother Simbola, it's just really so good to meet you. I just want to let you know that your messages have meant so much to me. So many of them, they, they've helped me uh, just in preparation for marriage. And it really has made such an impact in my life. And, and I just wanted to tell you that. And he just, just kind of squinted at my name tag. And he said, what's your name? Andrew? Blessings. Blessings. It was like the biggest want, want moment ever. Blessings. I guess I should have known that if he was going to preach in front of a couple hundred people that like right before, it's probably not the time to like gush and be fanboy kind of a thing. But the blessings that God has is more than just lip service. It's more than just saying, well, amen, God bless you kind of a thing. It's tangible and it's real, but it's also in the heavenly places. And what this does right away is in the book of Ephesians is pulling our eyes up from here up into the heavenlies into a realm that's only accessed by faith. God is pleased by faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. So as we're coming to these things, these are not things that we can always have practical examples for. Though the rest of Ephesians 4 through 6 will tell you what those are. But what I want us to focus on is that spiritual reality in heaven, which is where Christ is, there is blessing. Maybe you don't feel blessed right now. Situations, circumstances are hard. Maybe they're even brought on by our own poor decisions. 
Maybe we're even reaping the consequences of those bad decisions and life choices that we've made day after day, year after year. And, you know, it's come home to roost and, and we are suffering in there. But we don't have to live there. Because in Christ, even if we've made mistakes, even if we failed, even if we have a weak devotional life, even if my prayer life is terrible, I don't have to live there. Because every power, every spiritual blessing is in him. And there is freedom in him, no matter how far from Christ we may feel. And how we feel like the worst child that he's got. And so unfaithful, who is blessed with all spiritual blessings? I am, you are, and they are accessed by faith in him. We can go to him and trust that even though we've maybe not experienced those things that he wanted us to, we can receive them from him by faith. We can receive them by faith. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. I just want to build us up and encourage us in all that we've actually received from Jesus. I want us to feel as if it were like fattened up, rich, like so heavy laden with the blessings of Christ that all we can do is lift up. Look, if we were in like a Kojic church, anyone know what a praise break is? You know what a praise break is. I can't do it, but they start stomping, they start moving. And what it is, is it's a moment to respond to Christ. And whatever that looks like tonight, whatever it is, I pray that in our hearts, even if it's just a praise break, in our hearts, that we would give that to him because we are so overwhelmed by what he has done for us. Verses 11 through 14. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Wow, we're not just blessed in spiritual places, but we have an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We have believed on Christ. We have responded in Christ, and we are to the praise of his glory. It was always his plan that those who came to faith in Jesus Christ, glory would simply emanate from them from the moment of salvation until we see him face to face in heaven. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, has actually marked himself upon your life. You know, if, if there is a piece of mail that comes to my home, how do you know it belongs to you or to me? But it is stamped, sealed. It belongs. It pertains to. It is, it, it, it is yours. It is yours, rightfully so. And God has actually, isn't this amazing that we have a God who would intermeddle with our affairs? That would actually see this dust from dirt we were created that he breathed into. He could have just let us poof. And cease to exist, right? Because we're dust. We are dust. And yet he came down, took on this flesh, and has loved us. Absolutely loved us. And given us an inheritance. This is insane. That is crazy. Who does that on the earth? And what kind of God would do it? But this is the only God that is. Isn't he marvelous? Isn't he wonderful? He is worthy to be praised. He is wonderful. We were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee or the down payment. 
He's just the down payment. He is all. He is God. He is fullness of God himself. But he, in this moment, we cannot even contain all that God has for us. It has neither entered into our minds. We have never heard nor seen all that God has prepared for those who love him. We're going to be perfected one day. The angels cover their eyes as they sing, holy, 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 holy. And we are going to be conformed into his image. We will not become divinity itself. But my goodness, we are going to be made like Christ and his resurrected body and power. That is simply marvelous. He is the inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Wow. To the praise of his glory. I have a plumber and I had a lot of plumbing issues at my home and it was a lot of work that had to be done and we had a contract and he wanted to sign it. But for him to start, I had to give him a down payment because I was, he wanted to know, are you serious? Put some skin in the game. You're actually dedicated to this whole project and you're going to see it through. And yet all that God has demanded from us is repentance and faith in Christ. Repentance to God, faith to Christ. And then he has said, I'm your down payment. My goodness. My goodness. This is the greatest blessing. That salvation and relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, I will complete what I have started in your life. What a hope we have. What a God. We have not experienced everything we have been promised yet. But when we do... It's going to be to the praise of his glory. It starts, verse 11, it says, it's to the praise of his glory, those that have hoped in Christ, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. It starts with our praise of his glory. It ends with the praise of his glory. So what does that mean that God wants to get? The praise of his glory. The praise of his glory. He wants something from us. He will get it from his people. He absolutely will. We have a free will in it. But I believe he'll bring about circumstances. Where we realize and recognize that he wants it. Until we give it to him. Because he is worthy of it. He is so wonderful. So absolutely wonderful. You know it says uh, in Isaiah eight eighteen, Behold I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs. And wonders. We are meant to be the praise of his glory. Not just his power somewhere in a worship service. We are meant to manifest. To show forth. To express the glory of Jesus. We are. In Hebrews it was. It tells us that it was Christ. Who was saying through the prophet Isaiah. I and the children whom the Lord has given me. Are for signs and wonders. If people even ask, where are signs and wonders? Well, we've seen them. We've seen God heal. We've seen God do wonderful things. But all I need to really say is, you're looking at them right here. I am a sign. I am a wonder. I was a dead man, lost, no relationship. I have been brought up from the grave. I have been made alive spiritually. I am not who I used to be. And not only that, but he speaks to me. And he tells me things that are to come. And they do come to pass. Because I know him. And he speaks to his friends. I don't have to feel this. It said it right here. He said it. I don't have to wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel like I'm to the praise of his glory as I'm going in, working, whatever the kind of work you do it is. I don't feel like I'm to the praise of his glory as I'm supposed to be studying and I don't feel like studying. 
You leave that to him. You simply are. I am. As we just obey and respond and abide in Jesus, he is going to get his glory. Someone came to this church um, a couple months ago. They rang the doorbell, had never seen them before. They seemed like a little bit kind of like they, they weren't sure what was going on, a bit sheepish. This lady came and said, there's someone in your church named this person. And this person ministered to me and shared with me. And I was just so impressed by them. The way they shared with me. I know this person has children. And I wanted to give them this Christmas gift. I wanted to give this to them. This person met that lady one time. In a Walgreens. Shared the gospel with her. Ministered briefly to her. And what did she see? To the praise of his glory. She saw and felt Christ. But that's just a simple thing. All I did was obey. But what did that mean to this woman? She found out where this person went to church and she found out they had children and she acquired a gift. She took time out of her day. She came and found the church and she left it for them. We are for the praise of his glory. Leave it to him. Glorify him where you are. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you climb the highest ladder to be a CEO, or whether you're simply a C student, and that's the best you seem to do. Well, do it as unto Jesus, and pass those grades as unto him. Hallelujah. Not all of us are going to be geniuses. <laughs> Not all of us are even B students. In fact, if my boys... If they become C plus, I hope they're at least B minus, right? But, but if that's all they do and I know they're giving their effort, I shall be pleased with them. I will be pleased. And I'll say, you know what? That's the way the Lord made you. Hallelujah. We are to the praise of his glory. Verse 15 here. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I remember you in my prayers all the time. I'm praying for you all the time. For what? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. We get this. You know, not all of us are going to be, have the same kind of devotional life or Bible study life or anything. But whatever he has called you to, I believe that as we obey him in that, as we make space for him, he will reveal himself to us. It will happen in the Spirit because we cannot know Him except by the Spirit. But it also cannot happen if we do not make room for Him to reveal Himself to us. So let's give Him that room so that we can receive that Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. What else did Paul pray for? Have the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Why? That you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What he's saying is the hope... That you are called to. And the person of Jesus is so great. We are not going to get him just because we're born again. We are not going to experience everything. And just because we have been saved by grace through faith. No, this is something that we have to respond to. As he beckons us deeper. Like he did in worship tonight. We have to have him draw us in. And give us the ability to even comprehend. We need to grow spiritually. He has to do that work in us. To even know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Listen to these weighty words. The hope that he has called you to. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness. Can you hear this hyperbole? These big words that just express wowness. If that could even say it that way. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might. 
that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Show me someone who says that they have power. Show me Alexander the Great. Show me Napoleon Bonaparte. Show me Hitler. Show me Stalin. Show me every single one of these people that are now in the dirt and have faced judgment and are living, if they did not call out to Christ, apart from him forever. And I will show you the power of a man who was the Messiah, who after three days rose from the dead and went and sat at the right hand of the Father. And he put his feet up. Everything underneath him. Everything underneath him. He is far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. And above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. If the Lord should tarry 10,000 years, no matter who should rise, that name is under the feet of Jesus. That name is under his feet. And he has put all things under his feet. And this is where I really want us to pay attention. Now that we're getting fattened up with the truth of these promises. He gave him, Jesus, as the head over all things to the church. Where is the fullness of Jesus in the earth? Where is it? If he's in heaven, if he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all and all. The church is the body of Christ. We were raised up when he was raised up. We were seated down with Christ in heavenly places when he sat down. That's a spiritual reality. And we are now in the earth so that the fullness of Christ might be expressed through us. Now this is where we really need God's help because our culture has so colored the lenses of the way we see things. We think about my ministry, my gifting, my Bible study, my prayer time. I feel good about me. I don't know how you're doing, but I feel great because I've been listening to my Spotify worship list and I read my chapter a day for the past month and I am feeling on cloud nine. But then we don't think that, wait, that's wonderful and excellent and I need this and I want everyone to have that. But if the fullness of Christ is in the body, who makes up the body? Everybody. The church. The church. How's Mike Mann doing? How is he feeling? Does he need encouragement? I need to text him. He texts me. But do I text him like I should? How is everyone doing? The people that God's put in my life. If the fullness of Christ is expressed not through one superstar, not one person that's going to go up in the ninth inning against Satan and knock it out of the park. And everyone's going to cheer their name and say, Billy Graham. Billy Graham was wonderful. But what about all the, but he would never be where he was like Pastor Lee has shared with us. Without the people who gave, without all the people who went out to the neighborhoods, without all the local churches that, that hyped it up and told everyone about this crusade, with all the people who followed up afterwards and actually discipled and taught the people how to fight Satan, battle hell, read the Bible and love and worship Jesus. The fullness of Christ is not simply through a name on a platform. It really is all of us. And I think what I am being challenged share with is to just lift up my eyes a bit more and see everyone around me. How will I treat the body of Christ if I believe that this is true and that it's his fullness? I want to want to see Josh signs of spiritual gifts come out. I'm going to want to see him minister. I'm going to want to see you be helped by God. I'm going to want to see 
the body be healthy, I'm going to want by the Holy Spirit to wash feet because it's for him. It's for Jesus. He has laden us down with so many rich blessings that we rejoice and shouted about earlier. I want you to have it too. And that demands something of me that I don't have in myself. It demands of me a kingdom view. Tony Evans, he's got everything kingdom, right? Kingdom man, a kingdom woman, kingdom this. Every Bible study is about the kingdom. And he's got something right there. It's about the kingdom. It's about everyone in the body of Christ. It's wonderful there. But we need this. I need this. It's got to be him. If the fullness of Christ is in his body, in the church. How does it change the way I talk about you? If I know I'm talking about Jesus. Because you're part of his body and you're part of his fullness. How do I talk about you behind your back? How do I deal with something when I see that you're struggling? Come on, grace-filled restoration, anybody? I want that. I've been approached by people in the past, and I don't know I'm going to be approached by people in the future who said that it looked like I was doing something wrong. It had an appearance of something wrong. I I, I did something, and it wasn't quite right in the Scripture, and I needed correction. I want grace-filled because I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm a part of His fullness. Please, let's not come against everybody with a hammer. It should lead to prayer for God's glory to be gotten in his body. And Mrs. Fran, Miss Fran, Lord, her house, she's going through stuff right now. God, she loves her sons. God moved through her life. She's faithful Fran. She is wonderful. What about Shannon Cannon with, with the, my goodness, the greatest ministry of all in this church, which is the food ministry. Hallelujah. Praise God. How is she doing? She's in the medical field right now. She's undergoing a lot of pressure. How is she doing? It's really just caring and thinking about the rest of the body. I should prefer you. You should prefer me. I want to see God's giftings grow. I want to see them flourish. Because all of that means not that I'm losing opportunities to minister or to be seen as something, but it means that Christ himself is going to, it's going to the praise of his glory. And if I really love him, who's loaded me with all these benefits, how can I not want him to get everything that he died for and rose from the dead for and is coming back for? We want this. We love this because he fills us with the love in our hearts. Oh, that we would be intimate with Jesus as a church, as a body, And all express out who he is, that character, that life, so that the universe could see who Christ is. Because it's not even just about this church here that sees it. It's about the lost world. And it's about the unseen world, too. It's about demons and it's about angels that literally look on and they say, the fullness of Christ is being manifested through these people. That is just also biblical fact, and it's crazy. Uh, Ephesians 2, 4 to 8, and I'll have one more passage after this, but it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages... He might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us and Christ Jesus. Christianity is an us. 
thing. It's a we thing. It's a you, me, the Baptist church down the street, and the church in China and in Norway kind of thing. That's the fullness of Christ being manifested. It's a black thing. It's a white thing. It's a Hispanic thing. It's every other Asian thing. It's everything. It's all about him. All together, we are manifesting the glory of Christ to the universe. To the universe. Let me find this other scripture here. Romans 3, 8 to 19. Romans. Oh. Ephesians 3, uh, 8 to 19. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You can't fathom them. You know, in the old days, they would plumb the depths, right? It was like a metal piece, and that metal weight was on the end of a string, and you would plumb to see how deep it was. You can't plumb the depths of Christ. You cannot plumb the depths of who he is. My goodness, those are the riches in him. We can't find the bottom of them, the riches in Christ. And to bring to light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things this usness, this kingdomness, the body of Christ manifesting the glory of God to all the universe was always the plan of God. And it was a mystery hidden. Even to all those people, I believe, who wrote about even a light to the Gentiles. I don't, not, I don't believe that they fully understood it. They maybe had a glimpse. Maybe they wondered, what does this mean, a light to the Gentiles? I don't know. Just write it down, scribe. And they wrote it down. But here it is, the mystery hidden for ages in God. So that through the church, can we say that together? The church, the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities and the heavenly places. Satan himself is getting a glimpse of the glory of God through the body of Christ. Even as we go to our HR job, our police job, whatever kind of job it is, as we come together and worship Christ, as we help one another, as we make meals for one another, as we extend a hand of fellowship to those across even denominational lines, the glory of God is being made known to these spiritual beings that we cannot even see. And this is why it demands faith. Because if we don't have faith, it won't be worth it at some point. Because I will offend you, You will offend me. I will get bitter at you. I will resent you. I will hold you at arm's length. I won't let you in because I've been hurt before. And the glory of Christ is not going to be expressed to the fullness that he desires and that he deserves through the church. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. He is begging God. Paul is, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, it takes all of that, All of those heavy, deep words, all of that spiritual activity is necessary from God in order to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It really does take 
love-led obedience to the grace of God to really give him everything that he wants from us. It really does take prayer for Josh while he's at work. When he's brought to my mind to say, God, give him strength today to see your purpose in those 12-hour shifts. When he misses church and he wants to be there, help him to see. Give him the strength. Let him pray in his tongues right now and build up his inner man. And give him revelation in that moment to see what are the depths of you. And let him be filled even more with the fullness of Christ and the secular workplace. So that everything in the world, human and otherwise, might see Jesus in him. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Paul might have been asking for this much, but God is even saying, Paul, you're wonderful, but I can do that much beyond what you could ever even think or ask. According to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Musicians, y'all come up. Y'all, this is exciting to me. It's wonderful to me. What's my action item, Andrew? Where's the practical stuff? Give me three steps. Well, step number one, read those chapters and read to the end of the book and let these things become a reality to us. Place your faith in Christ that this is real, that it's possible, and tell him that you want it. Tell him to break down every wall about your individualism and mine too, that we might actually look across and see Wow, I'm recognizing more people at church. I'm recognizing that when that person gets up there and their style of speaking, their mannerisms, their way of life, their ethnicity, culture, and music style might be different or whatever that is, I receive them. because, And I want Christ's fullness to be shown in them. And the older person, oh, and because a lot of times when I say that, maybe a younger person feels justified. They're like, yeah, you know. But what about receiving every person in the body of Christ? Every person, every age, all the time because Christ is worthy of his fullness. He has invested himself in you. Do not sideline yourself. He wants you, Mrs. Jennifer. He wants to manifest himself through you. Have you been through all that for nothing? No. He, a weight of glory, riches, all of those superlatives and big words in you that he might receive his glory. All of us, let us come forth. Let's respond to him and simply say, let me see us and get everything that you want for the praise of your glory. Oh, God, we just thank you. I just thank you. Oh, just have your way, Lord. Y'all just minister. Y'all just minister, I pray. Lord, just get everything you want.